love and grace and mercy. Man, all that you've done for us, God, give you praise tonight. Amen. As we are staying, we go to the word of the Lord tonight. Matthew chapter 16. Amen. Continuing up our series. I think we'll probably finish it up tonight. Uh, but we shall see. Matthew 16, verse 18. I say unto thee that thou art Peter upon this rock. I will build my church. Gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Uh, tonight is part five of being the church. Amen. You agree to a few people as you're seated this evening. Amen. Um, next Thursday, we are going to have a missionary. Uh, next Thursday, um, can't say where he's from. Um, he asked uh, if we will uh, not live stream because of where he is from. Uh, so it's going to be a super secret church service. So uh, those that are watching online, you're going to miss it. So I encourage you to be here next Thursday. Um, he is a, uh, they are a missionary to a Muslim country, and so they don't want their name broadcasted or found online uh, to reveal who they are. Uh, obviously, that causes issues. Uh, so, uh, excited to hear uh, what God is doing through them, even in a Muslim-controlled country. Amen. You can't stop the church, right? Amen. That's what we're talking about, the church and being the church and uh, how the church is, is, not uh, not confined to some organization. We're part of the United Pentecostal Church, but the church uh, is not just confined in that, but it goes beyond uh, any kind of man-made uh, organization because it is God's church, and uh, his limit and power covers the entire earth, and we cannot even contain uh, just a, a mere glimpse of his power and ability, uh, and so uh, the church is God's forefront, his plan right now in the, in the world that he's uh, in the front of his mind. Obviously, Israel is his people, his nation, uh, but the church uh, is the active force uh, now in the world since Israel is blinded, half blinded, if you will. Um, they pers persecuted, crucified him. Uh, and so they are in unbelief. And so the only agent really that's really active in the world now, spreading the love of God, preaching the truth, is the church of the living God. And it is not the backup plan, but it's always been a part of God's plan. Amen. And, uh, you know, in, in sports and in, in competition, they have the starting team and then they have the, the, the backup team and uh, the backup to the backup team, and then they have the water team to feed everyone else. Uh, you know, the church is not on the back bench of it all, but the church is in the forefront. We're, in, we're actively in the game, if you will. We're actively in spiritual warfare. Um, so it, it is a part of God's plan, and we know that because we feel him and uh, interact with him every day and every week. Uh, and so... Uh, 
right now the church is the forefront, but there is coming a day where the uh, the fullness of time comes where the days, uh, where the Gentiles, that door will be closed off and God will rapture his church out of here and then he will focus again back on Israel and work on bringing them back into faith and opening their eyes uh, to uh, who he is and they will come to the realization of who he is, uh, that they crucified their Messiah uh, but it's going to take uh, a lot of things to do that. Uh, the great tribulation, the purpose of that is to wake up Israel. And so um, uh, we are in the forefront of God's mind at the moment. And the, the church is the only thing that God ever had to buy. He had to purchase it uh, with his blood. It uh, does not speak to that of Israel but it does speak of that about the church. So that uh, signifies how important we are, that God is not just going to leave us or forsake us or forget about us because he purchased us with his blood. Amen. If you had to buy something with your blood, you would never forget that. And if it costs you that, if it literally costs you an arm, you would probably fight for whatever that is that you purchased. You would hold that near and dear to your life because you had to give something of great value for that. And so the church of God, he purchased with his own blood. So he is not going to forget about us. And he will be with us through whatever it is we, we face. And we know that the church goes beyond not just organizations, but it goes beyond this building or any building that is, uh, has a church sign on it. Uh, it extends far beyond the four walls of the building because we... As believers filled with the Holy Ghost, uh, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, we now become the building, uh, the temple of the Holy Ghost. And so uh, however far we go, humans go, that's how far uh, the church is reaching. And where two or three are gathered, Jesus is there in the midst. Uh, and so he is with us and in us. Amen. And so we are a force to be reckoned with uh, against the kingdom of darkness. And we have that promise from Jesus himself that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. So no matter how hard the devil tries, he is not going to win. No matter how hard hell fights, hell is not going to win. We are going to be victorious. The church of the living God is going to be triumphant in the end. Amen. It's just a matter of question of who is going to be in the church. The church has promised victory. You and I are not necessarily promised victory, but if we are in the church, then we are part of that victorious campaign. And so he can't, the devil cannot defeat the church, but if we allow him, uh, he can defeat us. If we give up and we give in and we quit on God and believe the lies of the enemy, we can become defeated uh, by the kingdom of darkness. But as long as we submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, Jesus, the Bible says, he is going to flee from us. And so we also have that promise and assurance, as long as I don't let go, well, I'm going to win. As long as I don't give up, I'm going to make it through this and God's going to see me through this storm. Amen. And we have that promise uh, as a believer. And so uh, talking about the purpose of the church and being the church is to make disciples, uh, to go out as the great commission to, to go um, and teach all uh, nations, baptizing them and making disciples of them. 
uh, are also our purpose is to bring glory to God in all that we do. Uh, uh, also, we need to be united in one mind and one accord as we are the body of Christ. There's only one body. And uh, we're also to minister to those that are in need. Uh, that is the purpose of the church basically is to be like Jesus because that is what he did while he was on the, uh, walking and talking on the earth. That's what he did. He went out and made disciples. He brought glory to God and he uh, united uh, his, his believers and he ministered to those in need. And so that's the same purpose that we are called to do. Uh, and that is basically to be like him. Amen. And so if we strive to be like him, then we are fulfilling the call upon our lives. And we do that through not just our own natural giftings and talents, but uh, through the Holy Ghost, God gives us supernatural giftings and gifts of the Spirit and abilities and powers of God uh, to accomplish the mission that he has called us to do. Amen. And so it is on us to do that and to be the church is to, to reach out into this world and to be a light. Amen. So one of uh, the ways that we uh, be the church is uh, through fellowship. Uh, fellowshipping with one another with like-minded believers. Amen. And so fellowship is one of those church words. You talk about, if you use that word in your workplace, it, it doesn't have the same meaning because it's, it's one of those church words, fellowship. Amen. That's just as right up there next to, you know, uh, Acts 2.38. It's just a fellowship. We, we immediately know what that means. Usually that means uh, food, good smelling food, right? Amen. And so uh, it's, it's not really a, a word used by non-Christians. Uh, and so, you know, we have a fellowship hall, we have fellowship dinners, fellowship meetings. Any way we can attach the word fellowship, we're going to throw it on there because uh, church people know the lingo is most likely there might be food there. And so uh, the fellowship thing, you don't want to miss out on. Uh, but what exactly is fellowship? What does it mean and how does it relate to God? How does it relate to uh, believers and non-believers, um, is fellowship, is that a potluck dinner? Uh, yes, it could be. Is fellowship a Sunday school class? Yep, could be. Is fellowship uh, joining the church? Yep, it could be. Is fellowship becoming a Christian? Yes, it, it is. And uh, fellowship is, is, is more than just showing up at a church service. Uh, that that's one aspect of how we fellowship with one another, but it it's a, it's a deeper meaning word than just attendance on a certain day at a certain place. Uh, fellowship is really kind of experiencing life together as believers. Um, uh, somebody once said to to live above with saints we love. Oh, that will be glory. To live below with saints we know, well, that's another story. And so we laugh, but we only laugh because we kind of see the irony and also the, tr the little truth in that. We all expect uh, to live forever in heaven with a, this blissful experience and life in heaven. 
um, but the uh, all our neighbors in heaven are going to be the people here and elsewhere, obviously. And so that it's it's comical because if we can't get along down here, how are things going to work in heaven? Uh, and so this life we live down here is really a testing ground for heaven. Uh, how we worship God here, you know, we're going to be worshiping Him in heaven, and how we get along here is is how we uh, going to get along in heaven. And obviously, that's reason why Paul in the epistles talks so much about unity and getting along with one another, and as we've talked about, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, uh, because. Uh, divisions and arguments and all of these things are probably not going to be found in heaven. And so if we uh, have a hard time getting along with uh, believers down here, then uh, I don't know what God's selection process is, but if two people can't get along down here, I wonder if they're both going to make it to heaven. And whoever God picks, that's who he picks. So that is why, again, endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Because I don't want to be the one who doesn't get picked. Because I can't get along with everybody. I mean, you know, there's not really not really scripture and verse uh, for getting kicked out of heaven or not making it to heaven because you can't get along. Uh, but if you can't get along, then there's something wrong. There's something wrong. If we can't get along with one another, if we can't sit next to somebody who goes to the same church as us and we're all baptized in Jesus' name, we're all filled with the Holy Ghost, but if we can't get along with uh, each other, then there's, that's, it may seem, sound, seem a light issue, but that, that's a serious issue. Because there's only one body and there's only one spirit and we both are, are put into that same body by the same spirit and so either if we can't get along, we may blame God for the problem, but that's not the problem. The problem is somewhere between our, our soul and spirit and our flesh and somebody else. Uh, and so um, uh, fellowship is the thing that uh, helps us uh, grow closer together and uh, to uh, be there as a, a strong body of believers for one another. Uh, we, we we show up uh, to services and and all we we rejoice and we worship God and praise God and we do all of that together in unison here uh, and that's great and that's as fellowship but um, uh, fellow as I said fellowship is a much deeper word than just uh, attendance at a certain service uh, fellowship is us as believers uh, living together through until Jesus comes. Uh, because uh, we are the, the body of Christ here in, in Lee County and Fort Myers. This is who we are, the, the body. And, and, uh, and so we want the, the body to grow, and uh, we want the body to be stronger. And, and as far as we've come, I know that God has greater things for us as a church and individuals. Amen. And we need each other uh, in these last days. Uh, because we don't know what's coming around the corner. We do know 87,000 IRS agents are coming around the corner. Um, and uh, who knows where they're going to end up. 
Um, but uh, we need each other because the world is going to turn and is turning and has turned against God, against believers, and, you know, those radical Christians, fundamentalists who, 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 who say that a male is a male and a female is a female. I mean, we're going to be, we're on our way to be labeled domestic terrorists because we believe in the Bible. How do you think they're going to, they got to uh, configure some kind of uh, laws and, and, and lists and reasons uh, for uh, to come against uh, the people of God, the church, and, and those who don't um, uh, agree with uh, what they're pushing out there. I mean, I saw a headline this week that uh, they're, somebody's labeling the, the rosary beads as, as weapons. The Catholics, uh, the rosary beads, somebody wrote an article about how, how it's, uh, you know, trying to label them as terrorists, domestic terrorists, because of these rosary beads. I mean, if they're coming after the Catholic Church like that, I mean, wait till they come and meet us. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we're we're kind of we're kind of we've got a buffer because apostolics aren't really all that mainstream and well known. And if they're the the attack is starting to come uh, against the Catholics um, and those who just claim to be a Christian, uh, they've they've got a battle when they when they come into an apostolic and and people who actually believe this with all they got and don't care uh, what they do. Uh, because we're adhering to the Word of God. And so um, as, as good as we have it now, it may not always be like this. And if things get turned for the worse, uh, we have each this is who we have down here. In Fort Myers, this is the body of believers. And we're, if we're going to survive anything as a church, we're going to have to huddle together, hunker together. I mean, hopefully not literally and physically, but any kind of attacks on the church that will ever, if ever come, God forbid they don't. But uh, if, if they do, we're all going to be in this together. They're going to see your face um, on, on the live stream. And, you know, obviously I'm target. I'm, I'll be public enemy number one. But if they come after me, don't think they won't come after you. Uh, and so, again, uh, fellowshipping with one another and, and building this bond of love and peace and unity, uh, it's more than just uh, showing up. But, hey, if we truly believe that we are the body, then we're going to have to suffer when one member suffers and rejoice when another member uh, receives glory and rejoice with them. I mean, we're going to have to be here for one another. We, uh, things are so good uh, in this country and for us that we, you know, to be transparent, it can feel like we don't necessarily need each other. And that can be, uh, that, is, that is not a good thing. To, to think that and to live like that. And if, if we live our lives like we, we can make it without the body of Christ, uh, that's not a good thing because the day may come where, uh, for whatever reason, the, these doors are shut down and, and they, they condemn this building for whatever reason. Then what are we going to do? Does that mean the church is shut down and the church is over? No, because the church goes beyond this four walls. You and I, we are the church. 
and so that's why building the, the bond, uh, uh, the unity, the spirit of unity, uh, uh, not just here because if this, if this place goes down for whatever reason, the government uh, attacks it or goes against it, uh, we're going to have to continue being the church. Um, and uh, it, that's what happened in the book of Acts uh, when they became, they went from house to house and had church in, ha- and, in their houses. Um, and, and, and so that, that made them stronger as a church, as a body of believers that, uh, that fellowship outside of a, a big corporate building area. Um, that made them stronger as a church, and it spread the gospel even further uh, than it does in just one central location. Amen. And so um, that's why we are called to and told and commanded to love one another and pray for one another and encourage each other and admonish and greet and serve and teach and accept one another. All of these things to honor, forgive, and submit to one another. That's all part of being the body and being the church and, and, and being in fellowship with one another. Uh, and so how important is fellowship? It is absolutely critical. Uh, because if you don't have it, then the Bible says that we are not walking in light. As First John records, verse 4, And these things write we unto you, that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of him, and declare unto you that God is light, and him is no darkness at all. And if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, and we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us all from all sin. Uh, and so that is, that is the importance of fellowship and connecting and uniting as the body uh, is because of, of the reason why we're all here is, is Jesus. The reason why... Uh, I know who you are, and our paths have crossed is because of Jesus. I mean, the chances of us, I mean, you know, life is crazy, and we all grow up in different places and all these things and different, life is crazy. The, 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 the one reason, the common factor that we are all here and that we all know each other is because of Jesus. That is the uniting factor for us all is Jesus Christ. And that is extends beyond these walls here. Uh, if you go to somebody else's house here, the only reason that you're there at their house fellowshiping with them is because of Jesus. Right? So Jesus is the centerpiece of all of us. Uh, he is the reason for all of us, even knowing each other. Uh, and so that is a reason why we have fellowship with one another and connect with one another is because of Jesus. And we give him glory uh, and honor because of that because uh, most likely our lives probably would have never crossed. And, and so that is uh, the, the core uh, foundation of us of our relationships with one another is Jesus Christ, and so um, fellowship brings a, a a certain openness to uh, our relationship. Um, real fellowship is not superficial; it's not a, a surface level um, uh, uh, a meet and greet. Hey, how you doing? 
Um, it, it goes deeper than that. It's uh, fellowship means there's more of a heart-to-heart sharing. Uh, again, as Paul's words, uh, when we we uh, we feel the pain of uh, uh, of a fellow believer, and uh, we we suffer when one member suffers. That's that's fellowshipping. That's how you know uh, you're connected because that's that's what brings that out is uh, that authentic connection. Uh, it happens when we are open and we are honest about our lives and what we're going through um, and uh, our needs. Uh, we can easily, we can easily just you know shake hands. Hey, how you doing? I, I, everything's great. You know, how are you doing? Oh, everything's great. Well, is that really how it is? Again, we we have uh, we have fellowship here at the church there in services and before and after, but it is it is limited. Uh, unless, you know, people, we, we hang out afterwards and spend time. Uh, but, you know, from 1045 to 11 o'clock, um, I try to do my best to greet as many people as I can. And, again, that's just a, that's just a meet and greet. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. I mean, that's, that's just barely connecting. Uh, I can't, don't have the time to sit and, and talk with each and every person here for 15 minutes and really find out how your week is going and how your life is going. Uh, don't have the, the physical time uh, to do that. And so uh, we do have fellowship here, but again, it is, it is very limited uh, unless, you, you know, we hang around and, and spend more time outside of the church. And so uh, that's why real fellowship uh, and authentic fellowship, it goes beyond just checking, checking the attendance uh, we share this experience together, but going deeper beyond that, knowing, get to knowing other people uh, is going to require more fellowship outside of uh, formal services or formal church gatherings because, uh, you know, there's usually a program and a schedule things that, we're, that are happening and we uh, try to honor and respect people's time. And so we kind of adhere to that as best we can, and, but we want God to have his way and all these things. But again... Uh, the time we spend together here, obviously, uh, we do our best. But um, uh, unless there's a, um, a scheduled time where we sit down and actually really do a deep dive and people, how people are, what's really going on in their life, uh, most people will just greet, will greet and shake our hands and smile and say, oh, everything's fine. Um, and, and so, but... Uh, be in the body of Christ, it's got to be deeper than that. Because just smiling and shaking hands, how are you going to know when they're, if they're suffering? If they're going through something, if they have a pain or uh, a real desperate need or they're, hunger, they're hungry or they're, they just need some help. Uh, fellowship uh, outside of these walls is, is what helps develop even uh, greater and deeper relationships in, their li- in our lives and our walks. And that's where we can share our hurts and, and uh, really be open and honest of what's going on in our lives. Um, and, and so um, that's, that's where we see uh, the early church, how they were uh, fellowshipping and, and breaking of bread and going house to house. And um, Acts 2 and 42 uh, it says, uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship in breaking of bread and in prayers. Uh, and so not just the, the church service, but there was also 
um, praying together at prayer meetings. They had breaking of bread. They had barbecues and, uh, you know, uh, barbecued cow, not pork. Um, but, which, you know, I guess that'll work. Steaks, we can grill steaks, that work. But no, no bacon burgers and things. But uh, they got by. They made it. Um, and so um, another version of Acts 2.42 says um, they spent their time learning from the apostles, and they were like family to each other. They also broke bread and prayed together. Uh, and so, again, that's, that's, uh, that's the fellowship aspect. We become like family to one another. And I know, I know there's, this, there's this connection through the Spirit that we are family, but um, uh, fellowshipping uh, with one another helps help us to become a stronger family unit. And um, that's what uh, we, we need as a church uh, to, to fellowship and connect with one another not just here, but as much as we can, uh, especially as the days are, are, are limited and numbered um, and we don't know what lies in store uh, and what's coming our way. But if we are, have a strong family unit, we're strong, we're connected, uh, then we can endure anything, right? Um, and so um, with fellowship, people experience an alliance where there's a, a connection that, hey, we, we're in this. When people, when people go through a traumatic experience together, you know, we don't want to necessarily call that fellowship, but they, they shared in a, a traumatic experience or whatever it may be, a, a life-changing or life-altering experience. Um, those people are bonded. I mean, they share that common thing, and many people, they maybe they get together and recollect and recall things. I mean, people you uh, went to school with or college or with, you know, you uh, if you keep a connect with all those or whatever, I mean, there's that, there's that connection there that will never go away. Uh, but, and the more that uh, you connect with them, the stronger your relationship becomes and you become more and more like family. Um, and so that's... Uh, that is where uh, you kind of learn to depend on one another. You don't longer become uh, individual and uh, isolated, but uh, who you get, who you fellowship with and connect with, you begin to let your guard down. Oh, I can trust them. They're, they're family. I can lean upon them when I need, and when I need some help, I know who to go to. And we do that with our natural families. Uh, hopefully, we have a decent connection with them, and obviously every family is different, but um, how much more should it be with a family that is birthed by the Spirit of God? I mean, uh, as, as great as your family is, uh, the church family should be even greater. It should be even greater than that. Um, and um, I, I know that we, we do share that uh, here in our services and things, but... Uh, outside of our church calendar and, and our church services, how much of a family are we? I guess that's the question. And so um, Romans 1 and 12, uh, God designed his church and his body to uh, lean upon one another because it's not about us. We su submit and surrender to the body. Uh, Romans 1 and 12, Paul is writing, that is, uh, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Again, 
the mutual faith is what brings us together. Jesus Christ brought us together, uh, and so we become an, uh, born of, of the family of God. Another translation, another version of Romans 1.12 uh, says this, For I long to visit you so that I can impart to you the faith that will help your church grow strong in the Lord. Then, too, I need your help, for I want not only to share my faith with you, but also to be encouraged by yours. Each of us will be a blessing to the other. And that's really how it is. We are to be a blessing to one another, and, uh, and we do our best here. But, again, we have limited time here. And, and so um, each of us are a blessing to one another and uh, where we can learn to grow with one another. But the deepest level of fellowship is the fellowship of suffering. Philippians 3 and 10 says, uh, Paul says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And so uh, not just experiencing the power of his resurrection, that's the, that's the yeah, let's go get him part, uh, but also we have to understand the, and, and the suffering that Jesus went through, the fellowship of his suffering, having a connection with his suffering uh, that we uh, can truly know uh, what Jesus went through and how to be more like him. And so where we uh, enter into each other's pain, we can carry one another's burdens. That's a, a fellowship of suffering uh, that we are, we have this connection with one another that uh, uh, our friends and our brothers and sisters in Christ, they're not going to suffer alone, that we're going to be there with them. We're going to help them in any way that we can to help carry their load or lighten their, uh, the, lighten their burden any way that we can. Why? Because we're family and we have this connection when one member suffers, we all suffer. And so... Um, uh, the most enjoyable part of fellowship is obviously probably the food. Uh, as carnal as we are, uh, we like the food. That's okay. We're, we're carnal beings, and our stomach is carnal, and it's, it gets hungry. And uh, uh, that's uh, one of the highlights of fellowship is, is the food. Um, and, but it's, it's not the food that brings us together. Remember, it's Jesus who brought us together. Uh, and then we can break bread with one another, feed our carnal bodies, and then and open and, and, and share the experiences and connect with one another and build a, uh, a stronger relationship with one another. Nothing does that better than some good food and fellowship, right? Amen. And, and so um, uh, food is obviously essential for us. We can't live without it. And, and so we feel hunger, pains, and weakness, and... Um, Food brings us life, and we're able to continue living with the bread that we eat. Um, and so Jesus sat down with his disciples. Um, we call this the Last Supper. We, get, uh, we see them breaking bread and, and eating with one another. And obviously it was, it was the Last Supper that they had together, but they, it wasn't the first one. They, had, they, they, they were a family. They had dinners all the time. They always ate with each other. Uh, and so they had, a, they had a bond that could not be broken. 
even when they took out Jesus, the leader, the head, uh, we still see that the, they rose up and they preached Jesus. They preached the gospel. They preached the word of God uh, to, the, to their world. And they turned the world upside down because uh, the bond that they had uh, through the fellowship and connecting with one another, that they, uh, they were going to survive whatever attack came against the church because they were able to lean upon one another and, 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 and help one another out and encourage one another. I mean, talk about uh, being connected and talk about a family when they start cutting off heads of the apostles. Hearing news of, of, of John being beheaded and uh, Peter being crucified and uh, all these other people being cut in half and being killed and tortured and all these things. If they didn't have fellowship and if they did not have a connection through the Spirit and through each other, uh, they wouldn't have made it. I mean, and that's what the enemy tries to do, to try to get in there and, and break up the church, break up the unity, break up the fellowship, break up the connection. Why? Because if we're all scattered abroad uh, and we're not there for each other to help one another, to know each other's needs, uh, it, it, we can become an easy target. But if we are strengthened through each other, uh, through fellowship and connection and building our relationships with another, there's nothing that's going to uh, break us and nothing's going to uh, overcome us because the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Why? Because we are brought together by Jesus Christ. He brought us together. And as long as we share in that and endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace, I mean, there's nothing going to be able to come against us and defeat us. Even if members uh, should fall, or even if uh, persecution comes to the church and to the American church. And I end up in jail because I'm the pastor. I, I surely hope that the church continues on without me, right? Because it's not the, I'm not the church. I'm, I'm the, you know, the leader right now. But if I'm taken out, the church should still go on, right? Amen. And that's, that's, that's talking about discipleship and connection and fellowship with one another. The church is greater than, any, the church is greater than me. It's greater than you. Uh, and so learning to be so connected and be able to survive, uh, even if the leaders of the church are taken out, the church is still going to thrive because uh, we, we are the church. Where two or three gather, we can just meet together in a house and get a couple people together and boom, have a church service and talk about Jesus and talk about the gospel and preach the word of God. Amen. They, they, they can't stop that because as soon as they chase that one down, another one pops up and two more pop up. And that's exactly what happened to the early church is they tried to stop the church, but they were so connected uh, with uh, through the bond of, of peace and unity in the spirit that it, it just... It just multiplied. And so, uh, but that's only really going to happen if we are that strongly connected to one another and we have such a, uh, a great relationship with one another. Uh, there is something special that happens when the people of God come together. Jesus said where two or three come together, I am there in the midst. It doesn't say... Uh, the pastor has to be there in order for something to happen. Where two or three are gathered. Man 
man starts to get in and man elevates the pastor. And obviously there's you know, that uh, authority and leadership role, but that doesn't mean that two or three of you can go, go together and, and Jesus is going to be there with you. A couple of you ladies can get together and go shopping, and guess what? Jesus is going shopping with you, right? Because it's Jesus that brought you. The only reason you're together shopping is because Jesus brought you together, right? There he is in the midst. I mean, don't let him wait too long for you. And again, if guys get together and, and go out and uh, uh, there's men's breakfast on Saturday morning, 8 o'clock, breakfast with Buck and Jesus. Uh, but, uh, you know, fellowshipping, connecting, uh, Jesus is there with us. Why? He's in us and also there's two or three gathered together that we're the only reason we know each other and eating at the same table is because of Jesus. His, his, what he did for us, that's what brought us together. See, there's a power, there's a power in that, and the, the pastor doesn't have to be at everything to bless, to bless every little thing together in order for Jesus to show up. No. All it takes is people to get, hey, let's get together and go do something, and, and it's, it's, it's a fellowship thing, you know. Uh, I, can't, uh, I can't dictate and, and organize and make every, every, everyone go and fellowship and do things. I mean, I don't even want to think about trying to do that. Uh, uh, that would entail controlling everybody's lives and schedules and things. And so uh, fellowship as a church is, is, uh, is a, should be a natural thing. We're like, hey, let's, you know, I can go shopping by myself, but, hey, let's make it a, a, a fellowship thing. Let me call, call or text a few other people in the church. Hey, you know, I'm going to go shopping. You want to come with me? Or, go, you know, go, go to the gun range or whatever, you know. There's all kinds of whatever people do. You know, we can do it by ourselves. That's fine. Or we can do it with somebody else. And, and again, they don't need to uh, call the pastor and say, hey, can I meet with so and so and we go shopping together? No, that's, no, I'll hang up on you. That's, that's not as mis, understand, not even understanding what the church is, right? The church is, is more than that, right? What happens if I'm in jail? Whatever, if they come and, uh, I'm, uh, you know, the government comes and gets me, you know, I'll need somebody to come visit me in jail. That's fine. All right, great. But again, hopefully you're still fellowshipping without me. I'd like to be there, but, you know, be there in spirit, right? But again, it's, it's, it has to be on it. Uh, I, I, I can't dictate it, and I can't. We, can, we do church events and church fellowship things, and we, uh, you know, put some things on the calendar, but... Uh, that should not be the extent of us getting together, right? Because that only, usually most of our things are happening inside these four walls that we have on our calendar. Uh, we've got a few things that are outside. But, again, if, that is the, if, if those things are the, are the only time that we as a church are fellowshipping with each other, then uh, we should strive to do more. Uh, reach out to more and, and connect more outside of that and, 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 and do those things. And, uh, um, uh, because we are the church of the living God and, and we are connected by uh, the Spirit of God. Musicians, if you would come. And so we see the early church uh, in Acts. Uh, you know, we love Acts 238, 239. We can quote that, but it continues on the story of the early church. Um, 
Verse 41, they that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day were added unto, the, unto them about 3,000 souls. So the church had a massive growth on the first day. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers. Fear came upon every soul. Many signs, uh, many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. All that believed were together. They had all things in common, sold their possessions and good, and parted them to all men as every man had need. They, they met each other's needs. Uh, they were that connected that they, they would, somebody would sell something they had and, and help a brother or sister out. That's connected. Um, I don't know if we're at that level of connection, but uh, there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if we're at that level of connection, you know, there's nothing's going to stop us, right? I mean, and um, we saw they sold everything. They all had reached out to every man as they need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple. Uh, they went to church. Uh, and in breaking and bread and house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily as such should be saved. Amen. And so, uh, and so we see them having church. They went to the temple. Uh, but we also see them went going house to house, breaking of bread and connecting. I mean, uh, they, they had a new family. I mean, it's just... And, and that's what they all wanted to be with each other. I mean, uh, obviously we've, being that new creature in Christ, you got your old way and all of a sudden one day you, you show up to work and you're a different person and you got to manage that two lives, uh, two lifestyles, one coming to an end and one beginning. And it's just, there's a lot going on there. But uh, uh, again, being grateful and thankful for what God had done in their lives, uh, they wanted to share with uh each other and be there with one another because of, of who they were. They were the church uh, of the living God. And so uh, they uh, connected and, and, and grew. Um, and when the, the persecution came, I mean, they, were, they would have prayer meetings in the house. And they were, they were praying for Peter uh, to get out of prison. And remember that story where he comes, he knocks on the door, and he says, let me in. And they said, no, let me go, you know. Peter's at the door. No, he's not at the door. I know we're praying for him to be at the door, but he's not there. It's his angel. Um, and so they were obviously connecting because one member was in jail suffering, and they're binding together. Let's get together. I feel the suffering and pain of them. Let's pray. Let's get together. Uh, you know, let's have some food and fellowship, and, and, you know, let's strengthen us, each other, because strengthen our faith because if our, if our brother or sister is being attacked, I mean, we may be next. And so we need each other through this and to endure and to become a stronger uh, body of Christ in the last days. Amen. So if you stand with me tonight. I know we, uh, the saying goes that we... Uh, we are. We want to be an Acts two church, and uh, that's where the church began. The apostles' doctrine was uh, preached. Uh, the gospel was explained and declared. And obviously, uh, we are an Acts two church. But the church didn't just end in Acts chapter two. An Acts three church 
is where miracles happened at prayer meeting. In Acts 4 church is where their services were literally shaken by the power of God. In Acts 5 church is where they have church from house to house. In Acts 6 church is where saints take on ministry so the pastors and uh, uh, leaders can seek God and pray and fast and the saints begin to say, hey, I, let me do something. Let me get involved and help out and, and all these things. That's an Acts 6 church. Acts 7 is where ordinary Christians are used powerfully by God. And Acts 8 church is where we reach people of influence for God's kingdom. That's where Saul was reached in Acts chapter 8 church. Acts chapter 9 church is where we see religious people being converted. Acts chapter 10 church is where we are willing to reach people who are not like us. Reaching the Gentiles. The Jews are finally reaching Gentiles. They're not like us. Heathen Gentiles. And yet we're reaching. That's an Acts 10 church. Acts 11 church is where even persecution spreads the gospel. Acts 12 church is where God gives miraculous answers to prayer. Acts 13 church is where we send out people to do missionary work. And so it's more than an Acts 2 church, but it's an Acts church where we see all of these things happen. And uh, us being the church in 2022, and man, we've got, uh, we've got the, the, the model that is set before us of, of how we are to be a church and to reach out far beyond our uh, comfort zone, far beyond our influences, far beyond these walls so that we can uh, strengthen and grow together as the body of Christ. And we know the gates of hell shall not prevail uh, against the church. Uh, uh, this building might not survive an attack by persecution, a government or whatever, but the church will survive. Our nice homes and nice cars may not survive the 87,000 IRS agents coming, but the church will survive. Our retirement accounts might get emptied in a wave of persecution. That's not going to stop the church, is it? The church will survive. I mean, we'll, we'll be in more need of one another then, right? All that we've been saving for all of our life is just taken by the government because they can't manage money and they need all of our money uh, to bail them out. And so, uh, you know, gas prices will go up and food prices will go up and all these things. I mean, uh, we're going to need a family. A family is going to have to get through this together, right? Amen. Our very lives might be at risk in, during persecution, um, but the church will survive because the church is more than this. The church is more than me. It's more than you. It's, it's all of us combined and even those that haven't even been reached. And so uh, we need to strengthen ourselves and our walk with one another and in our fellowship. And uh, uh, we are a great church. I love, I love this church. I love each and every one of you. I want to be an even greater church. I want to be a stronger church. I want to I, I uh, be closer to one another so that we feel each other's pain 
And I think one of the keys to do that is, is fellowshipping, uh, even the more so, even more than what we do right now and on a schedule. But that's going to take us and saying, hey, I'm, you know, uh, I'm going to reach out and, and, and go out to eat with somebody or, or fellowship or connect with somebody that I haven't really, I don't really know much about. I mean, I, I sit across the, uh, the aisle from them, been doing that for years, but, you know, really, I don't really, I don't really know too much about them. And yet we're going to be neighbors in heaven for all of eternity. And so I encourage you and all of us to, you know, let's, let's connect and grow more. Uh, as a body of Christ and, and, and fellowship with one another. And, and one of the things that we're going to do uh, in a few weeks, we're going to start up uh, grow groups again, uh, going house to house. Uh, and again, um, I believe in fellowship and I believe in connecting and growing with one another as a body of Christ. And so I'd encourage each and every one of us to be a part of that. Uh, so that we can strengthen our, our walk with each other. It's Jesus who is bringing us together. Amen. And so uh, we'll have more information about that. But I truly believe it, it, is, it is biblical. It's a part of, of what the early church did and helped see revival and growth and uh, growth of one another. And, and, and we can invite our neighbors and unbelievers too and all these things. Uh, and so those are coming up. Uh, and as, as, as much as we need that, and uh, I think we can even do more, you know. And, and again, I can't, I can't dictate all fellowship. I would encourage each and every one of us to reach out beyond our walls, beyond our comfort zone, and help grow one another uh, in our relationships with each other uh, that, uh, you know, we just don't shake a hand here and say, hey, how you doing? We'll see you next week. Church is, is deeper than that, amen, and, and for us to be stronger in these last days, amen, is uh, through the key of fellowship and, and connecting with one another, amen. I'm excited for what God is going to do in us and through us, amen, and, and to amen, so let's worship the Lord tonight and give him thanks, and he's the one who brought us here tonight. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus.
Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. For your grace and mercy, Lord, how you've brought us here. Lord, you are the sole reason and purpose, Lord, that we share a unique faith together in you. Help us, Lord, to be stronger as a church and a body and believers and grow with one another and go closer to one another and grow closer to you, God, that we can stand in these last days to give you glory and praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen, amen. God bless you all. You're dismissed tonight in Jesus' name. Let's go and be the church. Amen. And connect and grow with one another. Amen. God bless you all.